Amazon crime peeps. Take two. Take two on the Amber Alert story. We are back at it again. <laughs> we are so sorry for the stupidity that you had to endure. Um, I don't know what is going on. Things will be great until they're not. Technology, bro. You know, you can't trust it. Can't live with it. Can't live without it. <laughs> but since we are taking a take two, um, and I don't remember what little fun stuff that we we talked about last time, so we'll just talk about new fun stuff real quick. Yeah. Um, because all day, yo, I've been tripping, and I've been wanting to talk out loud about this because... Are you following the Haley Bieber, Selena Gomez stuff? I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm following it, but I've seen a ton of clips on TikTok about it. Uh, specifically about the eyebrow thing, the lamination thing where Kylie and Haley were like making fun of Selena's eyebrows. Okay, see, I didn't even see that one yet. Okay, that's but- I think how the whole big drama started well there was one there was a tiktok video that it was kendall and Haley, which i'm hearing i guess kendall is known to be a mean girl like a bully she seems like it and they said that Haley was probably in high school and that she treats her staff like crap there was a girl that said that she met Haley a couple times and she was rude like mm-hmm. every time and if anything anybody i hate bullies i yeah. hate bullies yep i cannot stand bullies Nothing infuriates me infuriates me more than a freaking bully. Especially when they're rich and entitled too. It's like why and do you gotta be mean? They're influencers to all these young girls. Yeah. Like, these girls are the ones who give you their your money, so be nice to them. Yeah, if you want your money, honey. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm watching the videos of like it started like how Haley was wearing like all the same dresses Selena would wear like after she wore them. Gotcha. And then another video was like Selena would do a um, a little personal TikTok just stating, you know, this is like certain words like I just want to come talk from my heart and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And it was literally the same speech that Haley gave on the Jimmy Fallon show. Very weird. And it was like a couple of different things of same speeches almost like that. It was yeah. almost like she copied Selena's, like, whatever she's doing. Um, and then it was the one video, like I said, of the three girls. Um, it was right after people were kind of talking about how Selena had gained weight. Yeah, which I hate because she's on medication. And then they made that video saying, like, um, sorry, but maybe it was karma. Like, something about, like, she oh, got what she deserved. did they use the audio of, like... I'm not saying it's karma, but God's timing is always right. Yes. Yeah. So then it got deleted because she got just like bombarded with hate mail. Yeah. Um, even though she says that it has nothing to do with her, but it made Selena have to go back and Make say, I've been diagnosed with lupus since my medication. And yeah. I don't know. You cannot. Okay. There are two fans, two types of fans in the world you cannot mess with. There are the Selena fans, mm-hmm. cray cray. Yep. They love their Gomez, which I love Gomez too. She's cute as a button. Yeah. And Swifties. Oh, yeah. So I feel like Swifties are maybe a teeny tiny bit more intense, but yeah, but Selena comes in real. Swifties and Selena. They're fans, BFFs. Yes, you're right. They're like one so, and the same. Yeah. So yeah. double duo like. Yeah, you're right. I heard a bunch of celebrities. I mean, Hailey Bieber lost a bunch of followers, I, but I heard even a bunch of celebrities unfollowed her also. I didn't see the video, but it did show on my snap and I, they disappear, but I get a, I get a. Guys, I get so much more tea on my snap than Crystal does. And she's like, I don't understand. I'm so freaking jealous. And I didn't get a chance to watch it, but it said J-Lo came to Selena's defense. Yes. I don't know what it said. Well, I know she unfollow- She was one of them that unfollowed her. Well, basically, everybody's saying that Haley is just like a bully and she's a crybaby and she's crazy. Yeah. And now, like, Justin's not wearing his ring. They're saying he's, they're secretly getting divorced. She put out this birthday message and he didn't reply. But then on the same day or within days, he's following Selena. Selena's following him again. That was like, like the craziest part. People to me. are saying that he looks so bored out of his mind when they're together. Yeah. But then when Justin's with his friends, he's laughing, he's joking. He's, yeah. So there's a lot of. I'm watching this. I'm watching this closely. 
Like, Haley, knock your shit off. Like, nobody likes a bully. That's a very ugly color on you. Very. And I used to say, like, I was a fan of Selena, but I, I thought Haley was a, you know, a pretty girl. And, you know, I always felt bad for her. Yeah. Like, the bashing. I guess, like, Justin just did a concert and they were chanting, like, Something horrible against Haley, like okay, that's that's all to come up to Selena's defense. Yeah, but if she's bringing this on herself right, by yeah. bullying, mm-hmm. then I'm not gonna feel bad for you because I hate a bully. I hate bullies. Yeah, don't bully. Literally, like over Be the kind. last five years, I've been. It's so annoying to me when people bring up Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez, and because it's like they broke up years ago. It's over with. He's married. Why are we still talking about them? She got herself all through her mental health. Yeah, like. She's but doing now good. that Haley's like kind of coming after Selena, it's like, why are you doing this? Well, they said that she's always been obsessed with her. Yeah, for some reason. And there's even clips where there she was doing an interview, and it said something about. Have you always been a friend of Justin or a fan of Justin Bieber? Yeah. And then there, she's like, oh, I didn't really know who he was that big until, you know. And then it flashed back to clips of her like holding up Teen Beat yes, magazine. Yes, I have seen And like that. she had her tongue out like she was looking a picture of him. And then he was doing a carpet press and she was off to the side like yep. staring at him. And I'm like, oh, girl was plotting to get she with Justin. She was plotting. She won- I mean, she kind of won a little bit. You know, she got married to the dude. But it always catches up to you. Yeah. You do yeah. bad things, bad things happen. Yep, that is true. True karma. I'm not saying it was God's timing, but karma is always right. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> yeah, I'm so jealous of your snap, uh, Snapchat Explore page. That, I wonder that if I should can send them to you. Try it. I get them. And then maybe I'll start getting them. Maybe I can subscribe to it or something. But I was listening to some of them today and I was like, ooh, this is what we got to talk about mm-hmm. because it was making my blood boil. It's definitely big in the drama world right now. That's like got to be one of the top stories for sure. And I mean, I don't want to throw names around, but I mean, Baldwin is their last name. Right. There's other stuff going on with them. There's some crazy stuff in the bloodlines. Lots of stuff going on with them. But anyway, um, now that that rant is over. Fun rant, though. Love that. Not for them, but for us. um, Hopefully Dax is still with us listening. Hopefully he didn't, you know, bow out. out. Um, We know Monica's listening. Oh, for sure. She's all about the tea. Yeah. Today's story is not as silly drama. This is actually very sad drama. Uh, A horrifyingly sad drama. So this is the story of Amber Hagerman. And this is the inspiration behind the Amber Alert. And if you're not sure what the Amber Alert is, which most people probably do because it's that very loud sound that wakes you up in the middle of the night sometimes. And you're like, wait, what? what's going on? I'm going to explain that, and Crystal's going to explain it, and we're going to get into it all after the story. So bear with us. We're going to try to cover it all. Hold your hats, people. Um, We are drinking Winking Owl, the Riesling flavor, and it's pretty good. It's pretty, like, light and basic. It's not Riesling. White Riesling. Ziffindale. My bad. It's Ziffindale. You know, they're all kind of one and the same to me, guys it's pink she's already started drinking it's pink so. it's cute it's got an owl on it it's a little fruity a little crisp i i, I don't know that's what it is crisp and clean crisp and- with no caffeine yep sorry sponsor seven up right unofficially okay so we're gonna go back to arlington texas and it's 1986 and little amber hangerman is born she is a beautiful daughter to richard and donna now, just a few shortly, why is this so hard to say? You can just leave that in. Just a few short years later, her little brother, Ricky, was born. Now, it is sad to say that Donna and Richard, they didn't stay together. Um, it had been stated that over time, their relationship had become kind of toxic He became abusive, just making it very hard to raise a family in that kind of environment. So she felt like she had no choice but to move out and take the kids with her. 
So it's 1995, and Amber is now eight. Ricky is now five. She's a single mother of two. She's trying to make it on her own, which being a single mother of two on your own definitely is not easy. Um, Donna, a matter of fact, had a hard task. She was a single mom. She had the equivalent of a junior high education. She dropped out of school in the seventh grade. But again, she wasn't going to give up. She knew it was hard, but she was up for it. She struggled trying to find a job that could make ends meet to finance her and her two little kids. So meanwhile, trying to find other jobs, she took time to get her studies done. She was going back to school to get her GED. She was also training for other jobs that could potentially pay more and benefit her and the kids. She volunteered at Arlington, Texas Welfare Center, and that was to help out families such as herself who struggle. But no matter how bad it felt at home, whether it was financial, um, whether it was divorced parents, Donna shielded that from her kids. She just wanted them to be kids. Amber definitely did not let it show that there was any struggles. She thrived and she thrived at school. She was an honor roll student, so she got all A's and B's. She was on the principal's dean list for being an outstanding student, which means she had to get good grades. She helped others being a leader throughout the school. She was just a very well-rounded little girl. Amber was sweet and she was very special. You could just tell when you were in her presence. She helped take care of her little brother. She treated him like it was an own child. Actually, in one of the videos, if you watch the documentary, she kind of, you know, saying, you know, he's mine, you know, and her mom would kind of laugh like, oh, it's your baby, you know, okay. Aww. I watched the Amber documentary and it was called Amber Hagerman, the girl behind the alert or uh, the inspiration behind the Amber alert. And that was a very hard video to watch. I'm not going to lie. In this video, it shows that she loved music. The 12 Days of Christmas was her favorite Christmas song. She also liked America the Beautiful, especially the part where it says Amber Wave of Green. I mean, shout out. In the name. Right, right. Um, She was a shy little girl, but she was smart. And overall, she was just super kind. Amber enjoyed hanging out with her best friend, Amanda. She loved playing Barbies. She loved being in the brownies, collecting all those patches. She loved riding her brand new pink bike that she had just got for Christmas. And what was even more special about this bike was that Donna barely made ends meet, but she saved enough to achieve this gift for Christmas because she knew that all Amber wanted was this bike. And Amber was very, very grateful. She understood, like, mom doesn't have money we don't have a lot of money, but she was happy and she was very mature about it. And Donna does state that like through all the struggles and everything that's going on, Amber never complained. She handled it very maturely for her age. And that made Donna just overjoyed and proud that her daughter could look past that. Cause so many kids wouldn't like so many kids would be like, well, they get that, and they got that, and I want, and I want. Especially for her age, it's very wise, I feel like. She, she seems like, or she sounds like she was, like, wise behind, beyond her years. Yeah, she probably had to grow up a little bit faster. Especially, too, you want to set a good role model for your little brother. Right. And she was probably trying to set a good example. Mm-hmm. And... You know, she just got lucky with a really good kid because there are so many that are not that understanding. Right. Now, in this case, it's a little unique because Donna had been participating in a local WFAA news documentary. And this was women's experience in the welfare system. 
and it was going to be titled From Welfare to Work. The documentary, it was a video and it was supposed to be more so for Donna and her struggles on how to go from being in the welfare system to getting a job, pulling yourself up on your feet and just showing the success that it can be done and things can get better. And a lot of women, they tried to get a lot of women to do this and nobody wanted to do it. Donna's like, you know what, if this can show an example and help people and, you know, see it can be done, I'm willing to do it. So she got her, Amber, and little Ricky signed up to do this and a camera would follow them around. It was kind of like almost just like a, I guess, a 90s type reality show before reality shows was were. like a thing yeah but it was shot obviously documentary style right um, so there's a lot of raw real footage in this documentary and it's real video of amber her brother and her mother i watched it on peacock and my creepies when i tell you that this was a rough run this made me teary-eyed like I'm watching her blow out her candles and enjoying her little birthday party that her mom put together. And this was no fancy birthday party, but you could just tell like she had her friends there. She had her family there. She had a homemade cake there. It was everything that you need. And it was just so sweet. Her mom talks about how she had a Walmart layaway and she finally paid it off and she got her daughter uh, Pocahontas bed sheets. And my gosh, that little girl was just so happy when she opened them and so grateful over bed sheets. Like, probably because it was Pocahontas, right. but still. like Pretty sick sheets, if you ask me. For real. But something so practical that can be used that right. she needs, but also made her like super excited. Like, it That's was so just, sweet. Again, it's just different examples of you could see like she's just grateful for whatever she gets. Right. So the documentary was set to air just a few days after Amber went missing. So we're going to fast forward and now it is on Saturday, January 13th, 1996. And it was a warmer winter day outside and Donna and the kids decided they were going to go visit the grandparents, which they loved going over there. The kids kept their bikes there because it was a better neighborhood to ride in. And Grandma and Grandpa loved seeing the kids. They always welcomed them with hugs and kisses. The kids loved seeing Grandma and Grandpa. So what better Saturday, right? With it being warm out, Amber asked if she and Ricky could ride their bikes. Donna agrees, but with one rule. Only go around the block, no further. She was very stern about this. Like, I'm not screwing around. And they were like, okay. And Donna wasn't worried about it. She grew up on that neighborhood. That's the house that she grew up in. She rode her bike there. You know, when she was little, the kids do it all the time. It wasn't in a very bad neighborhood. So she really wasn't that worried about it. But at the same time, you still want your kids to know, like, don't fuck up. Right. They will, but you tell them not to. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So now it's 10 after 3. Amber and Ricky take off on their bike, but soon after, something caught their eye. In a nearby parking lot, like two-tenths of a mile, so that kind of tells you it's not that far from Grandma's house. Yeah, super close. There's a Winn-Dixie abandoned grocery store, and behind it is a loading dock, so it's got like this big cement ramp. Well, when the kids spotted the ramp, they're like badass. Like, <laughs> and when you spot a ramp on you're on your bike, you're going to that ramp. Right. Like, mom can chill for a minute. She's not gonna know. It's okay? too tempting. It's too tempting. Like, we'll just do this a couple times and right. we'll be good. Like, so after the thrill is over, a few minutes later, Ricky's like, "Hey, we should really head back." I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get mom mad. I'm going back. Amber says, go ahead. I'll be right behind you. So Ricky takes off on his bike. 
when Ricky arrives home, his mom and grandma are like, where's Amber? And he reluctantly tells them, you know, she's on the ramp behind the Winn-Dixie. And they're like, oh, hell no. You get your butt back on that bike. You go get your sister and you get back here, like, now. Oh, shit. See? She done did it. Right. That mama pissed. So he jumps on his bike and he rides back to the ramp. But upon arriving, he sees no Amber, just her little pink bike laying on the ground. Well, that immediately sets panic into him. So he immediately turns around and he goes back to Grandma's house. And Grandpa and Grandma, they're all standing there like, where's Amber? And he's like, I don't know. She's not there, but her bike is. It's laying on the ground. So Grandpa and Ricky jump in the truck and he hightails it down. The time they get back, the cops are already there. And they explain to Grandpa that they're investigating a missing little girl. So now it's 3.18. And in eight minutes... Eight minutes it took for Ricky to go home, come back, find his sister missing, go back again to get Grandpa and get back. And his sister has been abducted and cops are already there. So a lot's happened in eight minutes. Yeah, that's a lot in a lot to happen, especially for cops to already be there just in under 10 minutes. That's crazy. I give it up to the cops, like... Yeah, definitely. Way to be on your game and get there. Yeah. While Ricky was speeding home, a witness by the name of Jim Kevill, he saw a black truck pull up, and a white-slash-Hispanic guy, he's not sure exactly, um, he jumps out of the car and grabs Amber from behind. She started screaming and fighting and kicking. He throws her into the truck and speeds out. Now, when I say he drove up behind her, she's riding her bike. The truck comes up behind her. He jumps out and wraps his arms around and pulls her in. So totally blindsides her. Yeah. She doesn't even see him coming. That's how fast that happened. Which freaks me out. Right. Jimmy is 78 years old. He's a U.S. veteran, a former sheriff deputy, He happened to be working out in his backyard and he's seen the kids through the fence. But the time he's seen what was happening with Amber, all he could do is run inside and call 911. A 78-year-old man's not going to be able to run to the fence, hop over a fence. Especially if he took her that quickly. And Yeah, like I said, it happened so fast. Yeah. um, And he isn't a sheriff, a former sheriff, so I do feel like he's got that photographic memory that he knows what details to, to give and what to do you know yeah in that aspect so donna explains to the producers of the documentary that when she got the news all she could do was keep continuing like continue recording continue recording because she thought anything that these people pick up with the camera is footage and I want it out. I want everything out in the public. I want the public eye to see everything and just push it out. So she's kind of using them for publicity. Right. Um, the time it was all said and done, there was another documentary and it's called After Amber. And that's what they end up using what this documentary was supposed to be for. They ended up using it as a... What's the word I'm looking for? Like kidnapping documentary? Yeah, but kind of like a um, a tribute, I guess. Okay. Kind of like, yeah, a tribute. Like to better Amber's memory than putting her in a welfare right, video yeah. instead. Yeah, that makes sense. So you can actually watch that one on YouTube. Like I said, I watched the other one instead. I may go back and watch this one, but... This isn't something you want to watch over and over again because it is very sad. Because this isn't just like a documentary where they're talking about it. You're actually seeing real life footage of her. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's rough. Yeah. 
Now, out of respect of everything that happened to Amber, they did put the other documentary, like I said, on hold indefinitely, so that one never even came out. The community in Arlington was, like, way more amazing than I can probably say. They band together so fast to help this family. The PTA at Amber School advocated and got everybody to go and participate in the search. The vice president of the school got 22 forests to donate pink ribbons and they tied them around trees they passed them out to students people kids just um, they got a local pizza place to donate food to the community to keep supplying them so they would stay out and try to look for amber and help find her longer they got local radio and workers um, anybody that had a handheld radio in their hand Anything that would get the word out, they did it. They passed it along. Another neighbor came down. His name was Chris. And he could hear Donna screaming Amber's name running down the street, just screaming for her. So when he heard the commotion, he came down to figure out what was going on. Um, When he found out what was going on, he immediately jumped in the back of his truck. He drove around the entire night looking for Amber. He came across a black pickup truck. He actually followed it all the way out of town into another town. But unfortunately, once he caught up to it, it was not her. Chris also got 30 people to help for the search. They went and bought powerful flashlights. They spent every night looking for Amber. They also got 50 police and FBI agents to join in. This case gained media attention so fast. The world fell in love with Amber quickly. And with those little freckles, how could you not, though? Despite the rocky relationship that Donna and Richard shared, clearly that did not get in the way um, of him coming down there. They were no longer together, but they were still his kids. So he immediately showed up. And he joined the search and did everything he could to help, you know, find out what he needed to about his daughter going missing. Now, they did question his whereabouts. And Donna did admit in the documentary, like at first she thought maybe kind of could he have done something with her. Not that she wanted to believe that, but when you're going through it, nothing is out of the question right so he did get questioned and they took his alibi and he was cleared and once he was cleared she immediately accepted that and his help was very involved and I think she was also very relieved to know that like Amber's dad would not hurt her In the beginning, they did admit that they felt a little exploited by the news and the media of everything that was going on with all the footage that was being revealed on the news. But at the same time, they realized, like, listen, the more that's getting out there, the better for Amber. So let us use them while they use us. So it's kind of like they're getting all the hot top story that they want to get we're getting her face and publicity uh she's getting plastered all over the world so let's keep using it and she you know opened up to the media she answered any and every question that she could possibly answer just to get as much airtime as she possibly could and to get amber's face out as much as she could on january 17th it's 11:30 p.m just four miles away from their home there was a body of a young girl that was found. A man named Stuart Coker was walking his Northfolk Terrier dog, Yoda. I love the name. I love that name. Now, he was in the northwest corner of his apartment near a creek. There had just been a very large rainstorm, and the creek was overflowing. His dog was pulling towards him towards the water when he found a body faced down in the water. Stuart immediately ran back to his apartment yelling the words, I found her, I found her, I found her in the creek. 
So after getting sick to his stomach, like literally throwing up, he got another neighbor involved and asked him, like, can you please confirm what I seen? And his neighbor did, and they immediately called 911. The police had told him not to touch the body, but due to the rainstorm and the overflow of the water, not to mention the floating in the creek, a lot of evidence had already been washed away, which is such a huge bummer. Yeah. Which is such a huge bummer. Sorry um, about the ringing. My daughter's school just closed for snowstorm. Snow day. Now, because of the high media case and all the commotion that's been going on, when people hear that there's a body, they, like, gathered around to see. Everybody rushed over, which, in a way, it kind of sucks because it makes it harder for police to do their job. And it makes it harder to try to keep it very quiet of who the little girl is. Right. Because you want to have confirmation before rumors and hearsays being thrown all over so they get there and the news shows up obviously and unfortunately it was aired on the news that a body was found matching amber's description before the police could privately talk to donna and her family which i gotta say is very salty and shady in my opinion because well quite frankly just pisses me off because they're going through this, they have such high hopes of recovering their daughter alive. They got so many mixed emotions of fear and anger and scared. And and the news is reporting it before anybody can give them a chance to cope with it. They have to hear about it on the TV. Like, yeah, that's just like a slap in the face. It's like such disrespect to Amber's family, like this is a horrible, horrible thing that's happening and the fact that nobody gives an F and they're just like, well, we want the ratings, we want the first story release, it's like sick. And I get that it's a high top story, like every news person wants to be the first to do it, but could you at least like give the family an hour to make sure that they're, okay, it's been confirmed, the Hagermans do know that a body has been discovered. Continue on with your story. Yeah, exactly. So 90 minutes after all this is happening, they're still in disbelief. And Donna will say that until she hears the DNA is 100%, When the news finally did make the statement that it was confirmed that it was Amber, Donna was still in disbelief. Like, she dropped to her knees and she screamed and she cried and just the pain of heartbreak, like, was just everywhere. And Donna's mom, you know, she cried and they all hugged each other and held each other and the... overwhelming of I don't know like grief that was just poured through everybody it's it was hard it was hard to watch and I can't even imagine she states that she remembers saying she's never going to hold hold her again she's never going to touch her again she's never going to be able to hug her or kiss her or hear her talk or say the words of anything and it just it's heartbreaking. She states that she wanted to go see her and kept saying, I want to see her, I want to see her, but they have to clean her up because she is in such a mess. Um, she's cut up and between the water dragging her and just the way that she was left victimized anyway, she was so damaged that they told her she didn't even look like Amber anymore. And that really sucks because Donna's state of mind is, I'm not going to believe it's her until I see that it's her. Right, yeah. Which I get both perspectives to that. And most minds are like that. Like, Mm -hmm. you need to see it to really... Believe it. Yeah. Yeah. 
the officers stated that when they found Amber, she was naked. Um, the only thing on her was a sock that was on her left foot. The official death was a cut wound to her neck and her throat. They are stating that they used either a knife or a blunt object such as a screwdriver, which if that's the case, that is a very savage way to go. Yeah. And very terrifying for that poor little girl. Disgusting. There are no defense runes, so that makes us believe that she was held captive for two days before she was found. The police also believe that she was dumped in the creek with just hours before she was found. And it also stated that she was sexually assaulted before she was murdered. There's actually two maintenance men that were out by the creek working. And they did locate them and question them, but they were cleared for any involvement. But they did state that within a couple of hours of being there, before she was found, they saw nothing and no one. They believed her body was put in the creek upstream, but due to the heavy rain and the overflow of the creek, her body was pushed downstream. It also stated that the police and FBI searched for six hours before they even moved the body, and that's because they were looking for anything and everything that they could use as evidence. But because of the storm, a lot of stuff was washed away, and unfortunately there was very little, if any, DNA available one of the investigators gators gators one of the investigators stated that it was actually a thousand gallons of water they had washed over her body at one point that's a lot of water no shit yeah kind of like the thousands of gallons of snow that we got um that's what that we're getting tomorrow (sighs) three days later At the First United Methodist Church is where they hosted the funeral for Amber and she was laid to rest in the Memorial Gardens. Once again, the family rallied around Donna and, I'm sorry, the community rallied around Donna and her family. And if you watch the documentary, you will see that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people that showed up for this funeral. So many people wanted to donate money that they brought stuffed animals as much as they brought food as well. They had too many people trying to show up at one time that the police had to get involved. And they were actually escorting people to and from because it was just so chaotic of that many people wanting to help. And one officer actually broke down and he cried and he did state that, you know... He is just so overwhelmed by the generosity of this community that it was just very emotional. He says that the people in this community, most of them don't have anything to offer. A lot of them are struggling. A lot of them are on welfare themselves. But even though they were going through that themselves, they were still helping out and giving away what they could give. Donna is a volunteer at an organization called The Warm Place, It's a place where kids can go who are dealing with grief or death of a loved one. And she took over 100 stuffed animals to donate to them so little kids could have some comfort. Um, We can post a link on our social media. So if you feel you ever want to donate, help out, volunteer, it'll have the information on it for you. As of 2021, the investigation is still open and they have to yet to catch the suspect. However, they did get about 7,000 leads. And if you remember, we talked about Jim Cavell. He was one that made the 911 phone call, and he was the only witness that they have. Unfortunately, since then, then he has passed away. But... The police and FBI are not certain that somebody hasn't seen or heard something. They still believe that because it was in a parking lot and it was daylight, there was a lot going on, somebody must have seen something. Now, there is a section 
of immigrants that live there and they kind of all tend to stay there. They did put a statement out saying that anybody who comes forward, even if you are, you know, living here illegally, they will not ask questions. They will not make anything happen to them. They don't even care where you live or how you got there. They will just strictly take any information about Amber. That is it. They're not going to ask you anything else. So if you I, know something, say something. Yeah. I think that that's great that they're doing that because they're like, they just want anybody to feel so comfortable to say whatever they know that they're like, we're not going to hold anything against you. Like we just genuinely want to know the answers for this case. And who knows, maybe if you are living there illegally, and I know this story is a lot of years old by now. Right. But there could be a good chance that they can help you stay here permanently if you help them right. solve it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. So there's a way to look at it, too. Definitely. The police believe because she was kept alive for a few days that she was murdered with an accomplice. They feel somebody was helping somewhere because that's just a lot, especially for a little girl. Um, they just feel to kidnap her, murder her, dump her body. Somebody else was involved. Yeah, definitely. Or at least somebody knows something, if not necessarily involved. Yeah, somebody out there has to know something one of the big questions on the community was about sex offenders. So it's 1996 when she was murdered. And at that time, there was 204 sex offenders living in Arlington, Texas at the time. There are 49 sex offenders living in the same zip code where Amber was murdered at the time. With Amber's death and all the information coming out about sex offenders, this terrified the community. Parents walked their kids to school. They picked their kids up from school. The principal stated that they had so many parents showing up before and after school, more than they have ever seen, like, ever. Like, nobody was alone anymore. And not to mention, the community was like, hi, there's a killer on the loose, so everybody's in high alert. So basically, it's it turned into what it's like nowadays. Yeah, but without the Facebook and... right you know, Instagram to plaster pictures of suspects everywhere or, you know, being able to monitor where your friends are and where you're at. Right, yeah. There was no Life 360 back then. Yeah. You know, we just had to trust our kids or where they say they are. Right. So meanwhile, Donna and her family are pushing for sex offenders to be on a lifelong registered list so that if caught doing something to a child or with a child, they should automatically get life in prison. Agreed. Not hating it. Right. So this is the tough part because another article had came out stating that 95% of sex offenders are not killers. And that made it really hard on families to hear because the person who did this probably lived in the community and was not someone just passing through. They feel like they lived there. They knew the community. They they had a prominent stay there because the way they left, when you watch like the map or the video, if you turn left, you're going into town. You're going back deep into Texas. If you immediately go right, there is a freeway right there. They could have jumped on the freeway and they would have been out of town, out of state, gone zippity doo goodbye. And they didn't. They went towards town. So that's very sketchy. Right. So that's just like, so okay, somebody lives there then. That person is definitely from there. Fishy, fishy, spishy, spishy. Extremely. So in 96, when they're doing the investigation, it seemed like they were grasping at straws. They were trying desperately just to find any lead of anything. They even went as far as asking Jim to undergo hypnosis, 
but he politely declined saying, you know, I don't think you should mess with your mind like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I hope what I can, but that's not. Yeah. So Randy Lockhart was one of the lead investigations in 1984. He was a lot of different things. He worked a lot of different beats for the police department. One of the major ones was sexual crimes against kids. And he's since retired, but he did criticize a lot of police departments stating that they held back information. Had they told everything that they've known up front, this could have led to Amber recovering alive. There was also suspicion of a gentleman named Daniel. He was dating Donna at the time. Um, he did end up having a seizure and crashed his vehicle and did pass away. He wasn't 100% a suspect, but he wasn't 100% not. So that one's kind of like, we'll never know type right. situation. In 1996, Amber Hagerman Task Force was created. And this was consisting of a 45 Arlington investigators and 35 FBI agents. And many other agencies from all over the country came to join this task. And what they did was they got the case. They worked on it for just over a year where they would travel around the world, around the country, and they would follow leads, suspects, anything that had any kind of potential to do with this case. They didn't hold back. They even looked into Donna and Richard, but they were both cleared with flying colors. After spending $1 million on this task force and over a year on the case, there was no more leads to follow, and unfortunately they had to announce that they were shutting it down. They got a U-Haul, which they filled over 100 boxes of information that they had, and they had to take it and move it to a different storage facility. As of now, there are no names, no suspects, anything currently in place for Amber's case. Donna and Richard worked very hard to keep Amber's name in the media and the papers. They also worked very hard to get a legislation marker to make harsher laws against crimes with children. In 1996, Donna and Rich did go to the White House and they watched Bill Clinton sign the Amber Hagerman Protection Act. And this act would state that anyone who had two counts of sexual crimes with children would automatically get life in prison. In 1996, Donna made a public plea for Amber's killer. In that quote, my little girl did nothing to you. Why did you terrify her? Why did you take her clothes from her? Why did you touch her when you're not supposed to? Why did you hurt her? And most of all, why did you kill her? She tried writing one more letter, but despite the efforts, her killer did not turn himself in. To this day, Donna still talks to the media. She still gives interviews. She still talks to the press, and just continues to tell her story about Amber. And a huge part of the story is why we have the Amber Alert and the Amber Hagerman-inspired story, but they want you to know, like, as much as they are happy about the alert system, just don't forget the little girl behind the story. Those who might not know what the system is, it's set up to help missing children as soon as possible. These alerts go off on your phone. You see them on signs on the freeway. You even hear them on radio stations across your TV. And it varies from state to state. Uh, but it lets you know when your child is abducted as soon as possible. And it's just a fast quick way to try to get it out to people as soon as the abduction happens and she wants people to know that amber would be so happy and so proud of how many people she's actually saving she says that you know she knows amber's up there just gleeing and just proud that she could be a part of this 
So Amber still does need help finding justice though, so please don't lose that either. The Amber stands for America Missing Broadcast Emergency Response. Amber's death inspired Diane Simone from Dallas, Texas in 1996. She was working as a massage therapist in a parlor. She was speaking with a client when she broke down, crying and talking about what happened. She explained she didn't understand why there wasn't some kind of an alert system that would help missing kids. And she's like, if we can do this for the weather, we should be able to do this for missing kids. Smart lady. Very. So first she suggested, how about we send them all to their cell phones? And her reverend slash client suggested, like, what about the radio stations? She literally stops massage and mid-massage is like, hold up, right back. And she runs and she makes a phone call to the radio station. She called KDMX 102.9 FM. And she is sobbing and she's suggesting to them, you know, Amber Hagerman. And she tells them the plan and she tells them it could be a good plan. And how to alert the people in the community as soon as, you know, a child goes missing. After making a few phone calls, writing her letters, fast forward to 2003... Donna and Rich witness a White House signing by George Bush as the Amber Hagerman legislation, and they made it into a law. Well, Donna and Ricky got to watch that go down. Diane, what a bad bitch. Unfortunately, Diane kind of got lost in the shuffle, though. See, she didn't get credit for this at first. She didn't get any kind of recognition for it. She put it all into action, but nobody mentioned her name. But she was okay with that. She was like, you know what? As long as what I I wanted to do is happening, as long as this law was passed, as long as people are doing it, I don't need credit for it. I just want it to happen. But Reverend was like, oh, hell no. I got your back, girl. Mm -mm." So he made a copy of the letter the signatures, and he made sure that credit was where credit deserved and made people know, like, no, my homegirl Diane did this. As she should be known. Absolutely. 100%. Because that's such a huge accomplishment. And, I mean, that just speaks to on how good of a person she is to be like, it's okay, I don't need the recognition, I just want it to work. Which is amazing, but also she deserves recognition for this amazing thing, this life-changing thing that she's created. Oh, absolutely. After deploying in the alert in 1998, the Arlington Police Department rescued a two-month-old baby, Ray Lee Bradbury. She was kidnapped by her babysitter, and the alert went off. They got a call saying she's got the baby she's got the baby right in front of me i can't believe i'm seeing it i can't believe it's her and they were able to find out where the car was and bada boom bada bing they got that baby back heck yeah thanks to diane and amber using this amber alert they saved over a thousand kids giving them a reuniting time to their homes with their families so now we're in 2021, and it's 25 years since Amber had been taken. There was a press conference held in a parking lot where she was abducted, and Donna gave another plea to the killer, please come forward, please turn yourself in, please. Did we talk about the DNA that they've been holding on to for 25 years? I mean... Come on now. i just wondering if maybe we can use some of it in the computer generated more this is what they would look like now type right why would they not kind of like the one that we used for they talked about for uh was it elisa oh navarro yes Yes. to see what she would look Mm -hmm. like now yep that was another unsolved case and then i believe they used it in other cases we talked about of what 
Um, yeah, I think a few cases we've talked about, they used it. Of profiles of what suspects could look like. Yep. So things are happening. Things are happening. Yep. Unfortunately, there has not been any movement on the DNA. As of now, hopefully one day we will learn that there's a profile out there that we can use that will show the suspect slash killer. And hopefully justice will be served for Amber Hagerman. At one point, there was a $75,000 reward for Amber's killer, but now it's only down to $10,000. So if you know anything, I don't care if it's the smallest, littlest, tiniest thing, please call the Arlington Police Department. Or if you are scared, you can call the Crime Stoppers and it'll be anonymous. Just speak up over anything that you can remember. Amber was just nine years old when she was abducted. She was Caucasian, brown-haired, freckled-faced little girl. She was 74 pounds and 4 feet 7 inches tall. She had a bright blue eyes with dark brown hair, and she was found in the Forest Hill Apartments, which has now been changed to Hudson Apartments. The suspect was white or Hispanic, 20 to 30s as of 96, under six feet tall, medium build, brown or black hair. He had a black 1980 or 90s full-size truck, fleet side pickup truck, short wheels base, single cab, rear window, no sliding window, no chrome, solid black, no striping, and it was in good, con good condition with no visible damage. As of May 1st, 2022, the Amber Alert program was contributed to recovering 1,114 children through the wireless emergency alert system, and they rescued over 123 people, and 82 AMBER alert plans are now throughout the nation. The plan is in all 50 states, District of Columbia, Commonwealth of Puerto Rico, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and the system in used, is used internationally in 31 different countries. So that is pretty freaking cool. Yeah, that's that like amazing. It turned that, you know, huge. Went international, baby. I mean, I'm hoping to God I never have to use it, but right. yeah. I'm glad it's there if need be. Exactly. 100%. Such a such a great like system to put in place. Yeah, um some facts just on Amber Alerts because, you know, if you're like me, I didn't really know anything or not too much about Amber Alerts before this story. You know, I didn't know the background of it and how it came to be and all these little facts about it. I just kind of knew that it was like, oh, a kid's missing and my phone will like, my phone or my TV will go off super loud and then they'll give like description factors and that's kind of all that I knew about it um, so just some facts behind it um, an amber alert or a child abduction emergency alert is a message distributed by a child abduction alert system to ask the public for help in finding abducted children um, and the system obviously originated in the United States with this case um, and Lowe had mentioned this before, but AMBER is an acronym standing for America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response. So in the United States, AMBER alerts are distributed via commercial and public radio stations, internet radio, satellite radio, television stations, text messages, and cable TV, all by the emergency alert system and NOAA weather radio, um, where I guess they're termed child abduction emergency or obviously Amber Alerts, which is what everybody calls them and everybody like knows them by. And the alerts are also issued via email, electronic traffic condition signs, commercial electronic billboards, or through wireless device sms text messages so they got all their bases covered you know you can't not see an amber alert when it's out there like it's right in your face as it should be um 
but yeah, they have it covered on all platforms. Um, and Amber Alert actually has also teamed up with giant companies and corporations such as Google, Bing, and Facebook um, to relay the information even further regarding an Amber Alert to, you know, the demographic that's growing. People are on social media now, so they're spreading it through those platforms. Um, and they're actually also automatically displayed if citizens search or use map features on Google or Bing. Um, so like they can see an Amber Alert if they search for related information in a particular location where a child has recently been abducted and an alert was issued. So clearly they got all their bases covered. You're not going to not see an Amber Alert no matter what you do. Unless you like live in the woods and don't have access to any information online or TV or literally radio or anything like that. So obviously the system is already active in the U.S. and there are also developments in Europe. You can, like, subscribe to receive Amber Alerts if you want to, like, be extra notified. Um, they're offered by law as free messages. Um, and in some states, the display scroll boards in front of the lottery terminals are also used. So you can even choose to be notified extra um, than before. So the decision to declare an Amber Alert is made by each police organization. Um, in many cases, the state police or highway patrol are the ones that do this because they're the ones who investigate each of the abductions. And public information in an Amber Alert usually consists of the name and description of the abductee, a description of the suspected abductor, and a description and license plate number of the abductor's vehicle, if that's available. So kind of how it works, the U.S. Department of Justice, they issue kind of these following, like, guidance outline things to follow, um, which most states do adhere closely to in the United States. So it's kind of these four, like, main rules that they follow when determining whether to make something an Amber Alert or not. So the first one is law enforcement must confirm that an abduction has taken place. Number two, the child must be at risk of serious injury or death. Number three, there must be sufficient descriptive information of child, captor, or captor's vehicle to issue an alert. And number four, the child must be under 17 years of age. So that kind of is what differentiates a typical kidnapping case to an Amber Alert where they like decide to put out this to everybody. Um, side note a little bit, just kind of a cool thing. They've also come up with and created um, something called a Silver Alert. Now a Silver Alert is a public notification system which this is just in the United States, and it's to broadcast information about missing persons, especially senior citizens with diseases specifically such as Alzheimer's disease, dementia, and other mental disabilities. Basically, this is used in order to aid in locating them. And it's like the same process. They use radio and TV broadcasts. Now, it's not as extensive as an Amber Alert. You know, we don't really get like big alerts sent to your phone for these but I still think that it's such like a good idea because it's sad you know when the older people go missing because if they have dementia or something and they wander off and people are looking for them I think this is a good tool to have also so they could spread the word for people to like keep their eyes peeled for them um and supporters of silver alert point to the U.S growing elderly pop population as a reason to support these new programs to locate the missing seniors because approximately 6 in 10 dementia sufferers will wander off at least one time. Um, and if not found within 24 hours, 
up to half of wandering seniors with dementia suffer serious injury or death. So I think that's like just also an awesome kind of branch off of the Amber Alert. Um, But still just a great idea. Absolutely. And when I hear the alert go off in the middle of the night and it scares the shit out of me and wakes me up, I don't think I'm going to be annoyed anymore. Right. I'm going to be like, ugh, okay. But now that I know everything that I know, I want to be like, just, I want to be happy that the system works. Maybe mm-hmm. not happy that it woke me up in the middle of the night. Right. But I'm also always going to now, when I hear that noise, I will think of Amber Hagerman. Yeah, definitely after learning about this, it puts a whole different perspective like you said because there's a face behind it now yeah there's a story behind it and like a reason of why it was created and everything and then when you get these alerts now you kind of think like there's an actual child missing who's in danger and their family's freaking out trying to find them like i shouldn't be annoyed that my phone's going off you know absolutely so yeah definitely a heartbreaking sad horrible story i'm glad obviously something good such as the amber alert system came out because of it but still sad that it happened in that way and like lo said if you know anything just speak up because her family still has no answers and they deserve answers absolutely and also don't be a freaking bully yeah sorry going back to the beginning of the show we're hey you're bringing it full circle i love it (laughs) so have a creepy wonderful non-threatening creepy day (laughs) yes but don't be a bully and don't be an a-hole and like subscribe and (laughs) comment (laughs) on our stuff and all the things all the positive things (laughs) And, well, on that note, we got to go. Stay creepy, y'all. Bye. Bye.